0: I'm
1: What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT. T! And once again, the Booch is riding solo on this episode. But now that John has officially tied the knot with his brand new wife, and apparently, from what I've seen on social media, they don't plan on going on their honeymoon until next year. I'm hoping that John will eventually be able to make a return to the Booch cast. Now, I have not had a chance to talk to John because my schedule has been all over the place, which is why, in addition to this NXT recap, I have another classic interview. That that is up here as well. And that's of course my interview with uh, Derek Shapiro and Stacy Lewis in honor of my 10 year anniversary of being friends with Derek Shapiro. I decided to add that on here as well. I have both of those for you guys to check out. But just like I said, everything's been kind of hectic. but We're trying to get things on track. So I know I've promised a lot of things. A lot of those things have not been delivered. I'm apologizing. But I'm telling you right now, it's not for lack of laziness. It's because schedules have been all over the fucking place. So I'm I'm hoping to eventually get things back on track and be able to get everything ready and get you guys all the content that we promised you and hopefully have John back on the show for Halloween Havoc next week. Also, I want to say real quick before I jump into this, the reason it's taken me a, an extra day or two to get this NXT recap out to you guys is because for the last couple of days, I have been editing episodes of Boochcast Review's Dark Side of the Ring. This past weekend, I got together with Elvis and Desmond and we made three videos for Boochcast Reviews Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, we recorded the Brian Pillman videos. Uh, one is actually going to be out at the time you're listening to this. Uh, part 2 is going to come out next week. Uh, Nick Gage is going to come out before that. Uh, that wasn't recorded this past weekend, but it's already in the can, so I can deliver it to you guys. And we also did uh, Becoming Warrior, The Ultimate Warrior. Now, uh, hopefully I'll be able to get that one out to you guys, but obviously I want to do these in chronological order, so I need to collaborate with John and Gator to get collision in Korea and then we can have a bunch of Dark Side of the Ring episodes presented to you guys and get it out on track and obviously we're in the process of trying to get the other ones filmed as well I'm trying to get everything set up so because of that I ended up missing uh, NXT because I was basically editing the Dark Side of the Ring videos so that's why I didn't get a chance to watch NXT live I had to catch it uh, on Encore earlier today which is Wednesday because at the time that I'm recording this It is 10.25 p.m. on Wednesday. So I just finished everything, trying to get everything set up. And now I'm trying to get this podcast out to you guys so you can have your NXT recap. So now that I got all the information out of the way, I can now jump into this recap. We kick things off with an in-ring segment involving the new NXT North American champion, Carmelo Hayes. and He's alongside Trick Williams. Now, Williams plays Hype Man for Hayes. Hayes says he's proved that he is the final boss. He waited and waited for the right moment And last week he pulled a swerve On swerve When Hayes shoots, he don't miss Hayes is the leader of the new school Hayes is wearing the A title He doesn't care how anyone feels about it Not Tommaso Ciampa, not management And not the fans Hayes says what he said And then Johnny Gargano interrupts Gargano introduces himself to Hayes And congratulates him Gargano eventually challenges Hayes to a match Williams tells Gargano to worry about his daughter Indy Hartwell because she's been in Hayes DMs for weeks. Gargano laughs with Williams. Hayes implies Gargano shouldn't laugh since that's his daughter. Gargano says Hayes is right and that's his son in law. Hayes turns around and Dexter Loomis is standing there. Loomis puts Williams in the silencer and Hayes pulls Williams out of the ring. So there's a big scuffle, a big fight and Johnny basically says that he's lost his way because his faction no longer exists. Because Austin Theory is now on Monday Night Raw. Uh, Candice is home pregnant so now we know why Candice LeRae hasn't been on TV and why Indy Hartwell has a new tag team partner so basically Johnny Gargano no longer has a faction so now he wants to go back to being Johnny Wrestling so now he's making a face turn and he's gonna be looks like he's gonna be feuding with Carmelo Hayes and from the looks of things uh, we could see this match take place at Halloween Havoc because I know they're still looking to stack the card for Halloween Havoc I see no reason why they can't add an extra match on the show and I would love to see it happen in there but I don't think now is the time for Carmelo Hayes to lose this title he just got the belt so with all due respect to Johnny Wrestling Johnny Takeover and all that now is not the time for Carmelo Hayes to drop this belt so if they do fight at Halloween Havoc, Carmelo needs to win. He needs to stay champion for as long as possible. And if you're going to take the belt off of him, it's because you want to groom him to become the NXT champion. So until you're ready for Carmelo Hayes to be NXT champion, he needs to hold on to the North American title. Either way, love Carmelo's promo. Love Trick Williams doing the backup, saying talk your talk when, he's, when, he, when in reality I know he wanted to say talk shit, which I'm surprised they don't say since they want to be more edgier and stuff and plus shit is now a word you can say on television so I don't know why he's not saying yo man talk your shit cause that's how the phrase is supposed to be done but either way I like this concept I look forward to seeing where it goes and I like the fact that because Dexter Loomis is part of the family um he Johnny Gargano has a big guy to back him up when he goes up against Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams so I, I like that concept we could even see a tag match Carmelo and Trick versus uh Gargano and Loomis I think it'd be fantastic and on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening, if we even want to call it that, and that's Odyssey Jones versus Andre Chase. And the answer is, fuck no, we're not calling this a match. This was Odyssey Jones embarrassing Andre Chase, and Andre Chase basically letting the world know he is a comedy act. This is not a wrestler we need to take seriously, because he basically gets embarrassed and can't beat up um Odyssey in any way. Um. He, he tries to take control, but he fails miserably. And then uh, Odyssey hits the Rolling centon, and then a standing frog splash. One, two, three, Odyssey Jones wins the match. So, not much to talk about there. Next, we cut to uh, Von Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly who go hang out in the woods to bond as a team. So now it looks like they got some kind of friendship is going on, which I don't really like because I was under the impression that Kyle O'Reilly was going to become a solo guy. He was going to become a single star and now they're just basically putting him back in a tag team like that to me that's a fucking waste How is this man not going for the NXT championship? How is he not in line to become the next NXT champion? I mean, for fuck's sake, he beat Adam Cole, baby. And sent him packing to AEW. How is Kyle O'Reilly not getting any kind of fucking push right now? It's fucking beyond me. And you're putting him with this Von Wagner douche. Like, there's no fucking reason to do this. This is a slap in the face to Kyle O'Reilly. You want him to stay on his own two feet. You want him to be his own man. I mean like this is ridiculous I think this whole tag team concept is stupid yeah it was good for him to have a partner to go up against these guys that were fucking him over but Kyle O'Reilly needs to be the NXT champion no disrespect to Braun Breaker or Tommaso Ciampa but Kyle O'Reilly got the biggest push of the year how is he not closing out this year as the champion makes no fucking sense None. So then we cut to the backstage area and we got Malcolm Bibbins who says now that he sees how NXT works, they aren't going to ask for championship opportunities. They are just going to take them, which of course is intriguing because he does have a faction on his hands. And I, it looks like the Creed brothers could be going for the tag team titles. Uh, Ivy Nile can become a great women's champion, in my opinion. But since Roderick Strong has the Cruiserweight title, who's going to go for the North American or the NXT title? Like, unless they get some underlings or something for somebody to eventually be a Cruiserweight champion, it makes no sense. Because you can't have uh, Roderick Strong be the number one guy in the faction and somebody else is being the North American or the NXT champion. Because the Cruiserweight title is not the top title. In fact, it's the bottom of the barrel as far as championships go so it, it, unless you're going to anoint a new leader which wouldn't make sense because the whole purpose of the Diamond Mine is to get Roderick Strong over then what the fuck are you doing so that concept is weird so it looks like the, I think they're, when they say that they're just going to worry about the tag team titles and the women's title but in the spirit of that we move on to the next match of the evening we have the Creed brothers with Diamond Mine versus Imperium so uh this was a fairly decent match uh the Creed brothers they were fucking dominating uh, definitely kicking ass. And it looked like if it wasn't for Kushida and Jiro distracting the Diamond Mind, uh, Imperium probably wouldn't have gotten the win here. But Imperium, uh, got their win, got their victory, looked very good in, in victory. And the Diamond Mine, of course, now realizing they have unfinished business. So, because of the interference, it doesn't hurt the Diamond Mine at all, which is good because the Creed brothers are so badass and dominant. They should not be beaten clean anytime soon. And then after the match, MSK attacks Imperium and then Lee challenges Imperium to a title match at Halloween Havoc. So, it looks like MSK and Imperium are going to have a tag title match at Halloween Havoc. And personally, I would love to see it. All I care about is Imperium better win. Because I've said it before, I'll say it again. Fuck msk they are undeserving of the tag team titles i am sick of their spot monkey AEW style bullshit and i want them off my tv so imperium should humble these idiots and prove once and for all the mot is sacred then we cut to the backstage area with joe gacy who says he will speak for the disenfranchised gacy asks to take his hand arland appear harland appears and touches gacy's hand Again, Gacy is playing this libtard snowflake gimmick very, very well. I love it, and it's a great way to get heat because the one thing that libtard snowflakes do not understand is white people who act like this are hated. Minorities actually hate them more than they hate actual fucking racists. Like, that's the crazy part. <laughs> they are fucking idiots, and they don't even realize it and Gacy is playing that to the T it is a fucking work of art to watch Joe Gacy cut his promos and dive deep into this character he is embracing it and he is doing it wonderfully and on that note we cut to another in-ring segment with Legado del Fantasma Escobar says Hayes was lucky last week but promises to make sure Hayes's luck runs out Escobar says Electra Lopez has something to say before she can Cora J makes her entrance and Lopez is not Pleased. Now, obviously I am a fan of Electro Lopez. I'm also a fan of Escobar. Uh, But I gotta say, I loved the way Cora Jade made her entrance. I thought it was great. And I do find it weird that Escobar wants to feud with Hayes, yet they're now putting Hayes in a feud with Johnny Gargano. So I'm not quite sure how this is gonna work. Like, are we gonna let Gargano and Hayes have their moment and then Escobar has his? Or is Escobar gonna, like, feud with Gargano to get first dibs at Carmelo Hayes and Maybe they save Johnny Gargano for when they want to take the belt off of Hayes? Cause I feel like either Escobar or Gargano is gonna take that belt off of Carmelo Hayes. And if that's the case, then they need to do something to allow Hayes to have a good, decent run with the title before before one of them ultimately takes the belt from him. And then of course you go to a backstage area of Braun Breaker and Tommaso Champa being interviewed. And the big question everyone's asking is can they coexist? Will they be able to coexist? As a tag team. And I want to say yes. Because they're both baby faces, But when the title's on the line. Anything can happen. So next we cut to. The next match of the evening. If we even want to call it that. Electro Lopez. With Legato Del Fantasma. Versus Cora Jade. This was not really a match, but still very watchable. I mean, granted, Lopez tortures the hell at a Cora Jade, but then Jade suddenly rolls up Lopez for the one, two, three, and the best part is it was like an inside cradle, and Lopez kicked out at three and a quarter which I thought was good. Like, she kicked out, like, right after the three count was made, so she didn't look stupid. And the fact that it was a roll-up or a cradle helps, because that way, Cora J gets an epic win that she desperately needed, Elektra doesn't look stupid, and everyone benefits. Now, roll-up victories are good in those situations. The only problem is WWE, especially NXT, abuses the shit. Out of the roll-up. That's why Elvis always calls it the most devastating move in wrestling. The roll-up. Because almost every match seems to end that way. And it's fucking ridiculous. But either way, props to Core Jade. Job well done. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have a triple threat match. Where the winner's team gets to spin the wheel and make the deal at Halloween Havoc. Iro Shirai versus Persia Parada versus JC Jane. This was an awesome triple threat match. This was great ladies' action. Now, normally, I am not a fan of triple threat matches. But in this case, I understand why they're doing it. Because it's going to be a triple threat tag team title match. And they want the winning team to spin the wheel and make the deal. So they have this match here. But of course, uh, eventually, Parada lands a nasty sit-out powerbomb for a near fall. And at one point in the match... It looks like JC Jane gets hurt after attempting a dive, and JC Jane's basically out for the rest of the match. And it just becomes a one on one between Io Shirai and Persia Parada. Now, here's the big million dollar question When JC Jane got hurt, is it a kayfabe injury? Is it a shoot injury? Will she be medically cleared to face off at Halloween Havoc? Or is it just going to be Eo and Zoe versus Persia and Indy? That's what I'm intrigued to find out. Because if JC Jane can't compete, then Gigi Dolan can't go for the shot. And obviously Mandy Rose can't team up with her because she's already facing Raquel Gonzalez for the women's title. So it's not going to make any sense. So it may just end up being a one-on-one tag team title match, which I'm perfectly fine with because I don't like triple threat matches to begin with. But either way... uh. Um, Eventually, Io Shirai hits her over-the-moon salt for the 1-2-3, and Io Shirai wins the match, which doesn't surprise me at all because they love to push Io Shirai at the expense of other women on the roster. And then, of course, after the match, Shirai and Zoe Stark spin the wheel to make the deal, and it lands on a Stairway to Hell ladder match. So basically, we're going to see a ladder match at Halloween Havoc. Now, look, I get that the theme is Halloween Havoc. And I get that Halloween is supposed to be spooky. And, you know, there's the devil. And there's also all the spooky stuff. So I get the devil. He rules hell, whatever. But a stairway to hell ladder match doesn't make sense. Because when you set up a ladder, you go to climb up heaven is up, hell is down, so how the fuck does a stairway to hell ladder match work? are you fighting on top of something and you need to use the ladder to get down that would make a more logical sense but either way this is fucking dumb I think stairway to hell was a poor choice of words really was but either way we're getting a ladder match which I like because that means there's a good chance that Io Shirai and Zoe Stark might actually drop the titles cause the ladder match is the way for them to lose without, any, without Io getting pinned or getting submitted or having Zoe have to eat the pin or the submission cause God forbid Eo Shirai fucking jobs for anybody so ladder match makes all that work perfectly so it's fun and I'm intrigued to see it so now we know stairway to hell triple threat ladder match provided JC Jane isn't seriously injured and then we move on to a backstage area where we see uh fucking Kushida and Jiro talking about superpowers and back to the future and all that he basically gives Kushida all the goofy shit that he used to wear uh back when he first started before he got serious and all that crap so it looks like they're gonna be forming a tag team and going up against the diamond mine and either way it's stupid shit i'm not a fan it's like look I want to see goofy Asian shit, I'll watch Squid Games on Netflix. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening if we even want to call it that. Notice I say that a lot lately. Tony D'Angelo versus Ru Fang. I have no idea who the fuck Ru Fang is but I know Tony D'Angelo gets a quick finish for the win. Uh, I will say still, very good match. Uh, Tony D'Angelo showcasing his talent, showcasing how badass he is and basically getting his character up and they're doing it the natural way you know, letting him beat up some jobbers to look good. And then, after the match, Samantha asks D'Angelo if he knows anything about Mark, the producer's disappearance. D'Angelo tells her to forget about it, and then gives some cash to buy herself something nice. And he goes, look, I didn't see nothing, I didn't hear nothing, I didn't do nothing. I love it. It's a basic Italian gimmick. You know, you ask us a question, yo, Italians, we don't answer no questions, alright? We didn't see nothing, we don't know nothing. Don't being a of me I I I'm gonna tell you right now I didn't see nothing you didn't see nothing either, all right? So, yeah, go buy yourself something pretty, you know? It was great. I love it. Tony D'Angelo is embracing this gimmick so well, and it's working out great. And then, of course, uh, we're seeing more fights in the backstage area with security coming in. Um, basically, uh, you know, Jensen and Briggs get jumped by more by more members of Legado Del Fantasma. Shit just keeps getting crazier and crazier. And, of course, it's supposed to lead to the match, Legado Del Fantasma versus Briggs and Jensen. But before they can come out to the curtain. Legato attacks Briggs and Jensen after the break. Um, Mendoza and Wilde are working over Briggs. Briggs manages to tag in Jensen. Escobar tries to get involved, but Jensen decks him. Jensen clears the ring. Mendoza and Wild hit their finish on Jensen for the win. So Legato Del Fantasma winds up whooping some ass. And it's at the expense of Briggs and Jensen, which I kind of hate because I'm actually starting to like the tag team of Briggs and Jensen. If Legato Del Fantasma is going to get another win, I'd rather be against a tag team that I don't like, like MSK or something like that that but either way um help legato continue to get their heat i guess briggs and jensen can live to get over another day but i'll be honest i wasn't really excited for this match of this segment i thought it was stupid unnecessary and made no sense Then after that carmelo Hayes sees a picture drawn by dexter loomis in his locker so the big question is what does dexter have in store for carmelo at halloween havoc uh, it's going to be intriguing to see uh but either way uh <laughs> Dexter Loomis always has the best pictures. And then after that, we cut to the next match of the evening um, with the winner to host Halloween Havoc, Grayson Waller versus L.A. Knight. This match was okay. LA Knight, great worker, love everything he does Grayson Waller, um, he's a big guy trying to do cruiserweight moves And I'm not buying it Like I said, he's had some great moments And a few great spots and matches But in general, I'm not really feeling him And also, there is no doubt that LA Knight was going to win this match Because the winner is hosting Halloween Havoc Grayson Waller has no personality of any kind He is bland and boring as fuck LA Knight oozes crazy charisma and personality. And you need somebody with a personality to be a host. Because hosting something is not about how great of a wrestler you are. That's when mic skills have to come into play. And nobody on the roster has better mic skills than L.A. Knight. So he's the perfect guy to host, especially since he's not getting any title shots. So I know L.A. Knight will be a great personality to carry the show through any downtime or boring moments or if it looks like everybody's going to fall asleep. LA Knights guaranteed to wake them up. Because whose game is it? It's LA Knights game. And that's not an insult, that. It's just a fact of life. And on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening, a tag team match. We have Tommaso Ciampa and Braun Breaker versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. This was an awesome tag team match. The Grizzled Young Veterans are the most underrated tag team in all of NXT. They deserve so much more respect than they are getting. But the fact they got the main event with the NXT champion and his challenger for next week is great uh Tommaso and Breaker uh showing off that they can be a somewhat good tag team although uh champa has to tag himself in a lot of the time and then at one point champa slats breaker in the chest to tag him in uh breaker takes a swing at champa but champa ducks breaker hits drake then braun clears the ring beats the hell out of everybody hits his finish he yells at champa that he'll see him next week and then gets the one two three the winners of the match tomaso champa and braun breaker and then tomaso's holding on to the title braun's yelling at him yeah hold that belt tight because i'm gonna take it whatever and then all of a sudden champa comes back in the the ring holds up the belt and stares him down and they trash talk which i love that the only issue i'm gonna have is i felt choppa should have held the belt in his other hand and try to hold it up a little bit higher like they used to do back in the day that way when they're face to face the belt's right in the middle and you can see challenger champion title like that's how it needs to look let let the people at home see the belt you gotta play to the hard cam And Ciampa made that mistake. Now, I'm not going to eat his lunch over it because, you know, it was the main event, heat of the moment. Ciampa's not thinking straight. He's just trying to stare down Braun Breaker. But that's a little critique that somebody needs to give him in the future. Always pay attention to the hard cam. Remember, there's people watching at home. We need to see that belt more than the fans and the stands do because it's a television show. So your primary focus should be the television audience when showing things like a belt and everything else so that's something Chapa needs to think about for the future and it's just a little critique that I have but outside of that great tag team match love the tension between Braun Breaker and Tommaso Champa, and I just know they're gonna have an epic main event match next week at Halloween Havoc I see this being an epic encounter and I can not wait this is gonna tear the house down so unfortunately the Grizzle Young Veterans had to take the Take the L to make this happen, but at least they got the main event. Hopefully they'll get. Hopefully there'll be a tag team title reign in their future, and I just can't wait for Halloween Havoc. This is going to be a great card with great moments. I know. um Also in here, and they didn't mention this. I know Raquel and Mandy Rose had their promo segment. Uh Raquel talking about how she's a champion, she's earned everything, and how basically Mandy Rose, is a centerfold model, she's I've been called a centerfold model, and she was saying why about I, man, complaining about the fact that she's been over looked for so many years, and, gee, I don't know, Mandy, maybe it's because you don't know how to fucking wrestle, you don't know how to work a match, and as Sonya Deville said a couple years ago, you're a centerfold bitch, so, yeah, you suck, sweetheart, maybe you'll prove me wrong at Halloween Havoc, but so far, your wrestling has been trash, and the only thing different about you is your fucking hair color, but, anyway, I digress, and, uh, that leads and to conclude this recap of NXT, as I said before, uh, I'm hoping for John to return next week, and we can talk about Halloween Havoc together. God knows I missed having John co-host with me. Uh, Granted, things have been a lot shorter because there's only one person talking. But I still love the dynamic that John and I have. And it's worth having a show that's longer. And on that note, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. Pick your favorite hosting site, follow us there, or become a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, make sure you like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Um, At some point uh, tomorrow, you should be checking out our episode of the Male Soap Opera Moment. Wenz and I recorded it earlier today due to some scheduling comments on his end, but we did manage to get out an episode of the Male Soap Opera Moment where we talk about our predictions for WWE Crown Jewel so you can listen to those and find out which of us were right or wrong when Crown Jewel airs uh, tomorrow at 12pm. Some of you guys will be watching it in real time, some of you will have to watch later. I know I'll be watching at least some of it at the office um, but I may have to watch the rest later depending on uh, whether or not I have to help buff with some very important stuff so I may not be able to watch the rest of it until later in the night. But anyway also, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter and Instagram. At the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to post some photos from um, John's wedding. Provided that uh, his wife will allow me to do so. Worst case scenario, I'll blur out the wife's face if necessary. Uh, to protect her anonymity. So, we'll see how that goes. I'll let you know as we uh, talk a little more down the road. Also, make sure you guys subscribe to the YouTube channel. We have episodes of BoochCast Reviews Dark Side of the Ring on there as well as uh, wrestling watch parties, our D&D one shot, funny skits make sure you check it out, Uh, also make sure you guys uh, hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified so you don't miss another episode of Booch Cash Reviews Dark Side of the Ring, especially the new ones that are coming out soon Uh, we have uh, Brian Pillman Part 1 which should already be on the YouTube channel if you guys check out, we got Brian Pillman Part 2 which is coming out next week we got the Ultraviolet of Nick Gage coming out the week after that, my goal is to hope Hopefully, have Collision in Korea out the week after. But if not, then it'll be a while before the other videos come out. But we'll also have Becoming Warrior and In the Shadow of Grizzly Smith all coming soon to the Boochcast YouTube channel. Because they are all rare and ready to go, except for Collision in Korea. I still have to get that filmed and edited. Uh, the Smith family got some last-minute things I need to work on there. But either way, everything's fine on the other ends. But so more content will be coming soon. So subscribe to the YouTube. YouTube channel. Also, make sure you are following us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv/thebootscast. Uh, that's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Sunday, November 21st for WWE Survivor Series. That's right. Make sure you guys check us out for the Survivor Series. The team will hopefully be together. Uh, hopefully, we'll be at John's house or Elvis's house. We'll figure all of that out. Um, we're gonna. Either way, we're gonna have some fun. It's gonna be a great event. Make sure you're following on Twitch, check it out. Also, we got our D&D show, which I thought was going to be in October, but it looks like it may end up happening in November. I know I keep saying all this stuff, and I'm sorry, but like I said, we've had a lot of crazy shit happening, but I do plan on talking to John soon, and hopefully, we can get everything on track and find out what exactly everything's going to be doing. I will have all the answers very, very soon. And also, make sure you guys support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes we have three different levels you can donate at with prizes coming soon and the first level you can donate 99 cents per month that's the first option right there 99 cents to help uh, keep the show going and allow us to continue to do what we do the second level is you can go for $4.99 per month the same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription you can bring over here I know a lot of you guys aren't happy with with the peacock so we'll take that $4.99 bring it over here we got better content than them anyway or you can go to the third and final level which is Amir 9 dollars That's right. Same amount of money we used to pay for the WWE Network here in the US. You can now bring over here because now they don't have it in the US anymore. Y'all don't know where you can put that $9.99, I say. Bring it over here to the Boochcast. We got better content anyway and we know how to treat our fans. You have the option of paying with either a credit card or with GPay. And the money you guys donate to this show goes back into the show in some capacity. We use it to upgrade our equipment. We use it to bring in bigger name guests. It allows us to pay the bills was allows me to take care of all the guys who work very, very hard on air and behind the scenes to make the Booch cast possible so if you got a co-host that you love and you believe deserves to be paid for their work anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is how you make that happen and if there's any money left over after all of that we take the remaining profits and we feed zach ramen noodles and try to get him laid and until next time this is Vinny bucci aka the booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been the boochcast we'll talk to you guys next time until then pizza baby